Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word. If you've listened before, you might have noticed what is called a cold open. No music, because I think that represents the mood that the country is in today in America. I want to talk with you about one solution for two Americas. Now, it's very clear to me that there are two Americas, and we're in a great time of chaos. And societal chaos, historically, has always been a tool to lead to total control. When you study the Russian Revolution, the chaos of the Russian Revolution eventually led, historically in Russia, to Stalinism mass death and imprisonment. It led to pogroms in Russia where entire populations were exterminated. It led in Nazi Germany the street violence to the triumph of the Nazi party in Adolf Hitler. And you know how that went, the concentration camps and the death camps under various forms of communism around the world. Chaos has led to the control of re-education camps and death camps. One of the greatest writers out of Russia, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who himself was imprisoned as a political prisoner of the Russian communists, wrote a groundbreaking book, Gulag Archipelago, about the, the chain of prisons, like an island chain in the South Pacific, but a chain of prisons that extended across Russia and Siberia, where political prisoners were sent to basically die. Now, he survived that, and he denounced all of that. If you've never heard of him or read his book or any of his writings, you are truly uneducated, my friend. You need to read what he wrote. In China, the Cultural Revolution under Mao led to millions of deaths and one of the most massive prison systems in the world. In Cambodia, Paul Pot, who was educated in France, in communism, came back to Cambodia and led the Khmer Rouge to enslave Cambodia. That led literally to death camps with the killing fields everywhere. Millions were murdered by the communists. That's a fact. And just because you don't know it doesn't mean it's not true. So you need to do a little research if you don't know what I'm talking about. It even got down to the level of if someone wore glasses, they were targeted and killed. Why? Because they were probably educated. They could read. And that was a real threat to a tyrant like Paul Pot. If you were a teacher, a pastor, a doctor, a professity, uh, university professor rather, Anyone with any education was viewed as a threat. And even the fact that you might wear glasses, which meant you probably could read, was a death sentence. 
And I know right now, those of you who think you know everything think I'm making this up. Uh, the joke is on you, my friend. You need to become better educated. Today in America, there are clearly two Americas. And we are closer to civil war than many people want to admit. We are getting to the point where between the two Americas, they view each other as either the KKK or the SDS. And I'll tell you more about the SDS in a moment. There are divisions between rich and poor, white and black, Democrat, Republican, on down the line. I mean, it's becoming truly insane in America. And I think that with groups like Antifa, that are the uh, street army, so to speak, of the left, like the brown shirts were the street armies of Nazism, of Hitler, and the street armies of other communist revolutions. Same kind of people, same exact kind of people, if you know your history. We are at a point where we could be approaching civil war, or certainly cultural separation to keep from killing each other. Now, when you think about a civil war, some people say, well, that'd be a good thing. Actually, it wouldn't be. Both sides die in a civil war. Others would suggest that we have a cultural separation along the lines of a geographical separation, but defined by what you believe about truth and about America. If you believe one thing, you know, you and your people go over here to this side of America. If you believe something else, then you go over to this end of America. And both sides stay on their side and leave each other alone. That might have some merit, except I think it's just not realistic. Because one side would end up doing all the heavy lifting while the other side criticized endlessly. So I don't think that probably is a very realistic solution. So we're going to talk in a few minutes about one solution for two Americas. Now what we're facing right now is not new. And that may be a shockeroo to a lot of you. I have seen this movie before and it doesn't end well. And I'm going to give you some homework. And you'll enjoy part of this. I want you to Google this phrase, Forrest Gump and Black Panther Party. And if you remember that scene from the movie Forrest Gump with Tom Hanks, you remember that after he becomes a uh, decorated war hero from Vietnam for saving the lives of so many men, he was awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor. But he found himself in Washington, D.C. on the weekend of one of the massive peace protests. And you, you can follow all that along. But Jenny takes him to a private location, a secret location, where the Students for a Democratic Society were meeting and the Black Panther Party was there as well. And if you watch this clip, he gets in a fight with Wesley and he apologizes at the end and he says, I, I want, I'm sorry I was 
fighting in the middle of your Black Panther Party because he didn't understand at all what they were about or what they were doing. But I want to go back to, you know, that that's a very humorous scene. So I want to go back, though, to Wesley, the character Wesley that you see him uh, just pummel when he slaps Jenny. If you'll watch that carefully, you'll see that Wesley appears to be, or at least to me, he appears to be dressed in a an overcoat of a Soviet army officer. Now go back and look at that. That's not an American officer's overcoat. I don't think it's a Nazi overcoat. Oh, I'm guessing that it's a Soviet army officer's overcoat. And Jenny explains to Forrest that Wesley had been in the leadership of the SDS at Berkeley. So what Wesley is representing, that, that actor there is representing, were the, the students for a democratic society. Now, who were those people? Well, they were dangerous, very dangerous. They were like the weathermen. What, Pastor Ed, who's the weathermen? Well, the weathermen were part of the weather underground. What's that? <laughs> the weather underground was a, a very violent revolutionary group along with the Black Panther Party and the Students for a Democratic Society. And they were even literally blowing up buildings in the late 60s. They were blowing up police stations. Policemen were being assassinated in the 60s. So all of this you're seeing now is not new, but it could get a lot worse like it was in the 60s. So the some of the actors there represent people, you know, that are like, um, who are they trying to represent? Well, they're representing people like Eldris Kleber, one of the founders of the Black Panther Party, Huey P. Newton, Bobby Seale, um, you know, possibly Stokely Carmichael, who was the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee leader. Uh, not quite as violent as the SDS, but but uh, he sure had a lot to say. H. Rap Brown, people like that. So, it's black and white, but they were they were revolutionaries. Do you understand what I'm saying here? When you see groups like Antifa embedded in these otherwise uh, peaceful protests for a just cause, you, you should not be arrested and killed by a police officer when you're not resisting arrest. I don't know anybody who disagrees with that. I mean, come on. The George Floyd incident, that police officer deserves to be prosecuted and tried. So I thought that initially America was all on one page on that, but then things have spiraled completely out of control. But it's because of groups like Antifa and other similar groups. They're just like, get this, they're just like the SDS, the Weathermen, the Weather Underground, and the Black Panther Party of the 60s. Like I said, I've seen this movie before, and it doesn't end well. Now, when it gets to the point that in the 60s that you have to have soldiers put 50 cal machine guns on the steps of the Capitol building 
and the Supreme Court and all the important buildings in Washington with barbed wire around them, and they are carrying rifles with live rounds, when it gets to that point, I think we would all agree it's getting pretty serious. We're not quite there yet, but it could get there if a, if a solution is not found soon. And it did get to the point in the 60s, um, excuse me, in the 70s, early 70s at Kent State when the National Guard was there and it's, it's a very complicated story as to what happened. They were all young people. Some of the young people were in National Guard units and some were student protesters. But you know the story there that they fired on the unarmed crowd and, and several died there. Very sad day. If you want to get a, um, a feel for this, I'm going to tell you to Google this song for what it's worth. And we usually refer to it as Something's Happening Here by Buffalo Springfield. Listen to that song and listen very carefully to the words and you'll begin to get the feel for what was going on in the 60s. Now, when I said that I've seen this movie before, I literally mean I'm old enough that I'm reporting to you what I saw. I wasn't at those locations, but I'm saying I was aware of what was going on in the 60s, even though I was young. Because during this period of unrest, I was anywhere from uh, 9 or 10 to even up to 12 or 13 years old. You're saying, you were just a kid. Yeah, but I was the kid on the neighborhood block who actually listened to the news, and I could tell you as a kid what was going on politically. I mean, I've always been all over this, and even as a even as an over child, I could do that. Now I'm telling you, what we're seeing right now looks a lot like then, and a lot of that did not end well. Like Jim Morrison, the singer for the Doors, said, "Nobody gets out of here alive, and if we go too far, that's going to prove true for our country." But it's also like Tommy James and the Shondells saying in one of their songs, uh, part of one of the choruses, or one of the verses rather, is you know there's got to be a better way. So I started thinking about that this week. And I thought to myself, what would Billy Graham say? <laughs> How about that? What would Billy Graham say? Well, you know what? He was preaching during all of this back then too. And he did say something. And the one solution Billy Graham offered for America is Jesus. One solution for two Americas. Jesus Christ. I want to read to you from Romans chapter 3 verse 23. Excuse me, 10 to 23. Now, if you're not a regular listener to this podcast, we get into some deep subjects, but I always apply the word of God to it. And if you've never been comfortable with the Word of God, get comfortable. Romans 3, starting in verse 10 through 23. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. 
There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to run, excuse me, their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now that's a lot of Bible. That's more Bible than some of you have heard in the last five years. But it's Bible truth, baby. Billy Graham would say that Jesus is the one solution for two Americas. And it's interesting to me that even though the violence of the student movement in the 1960s led to so many terrible things, it was followed by the Jesus People movement of the 70s, when thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands perhaps millions of young people were swept into the kingdom of God because they saw the bankrupt end of street violence and hatred and bitterness. Once they saw that, they began to do what Roger McGuinn and the birds sing about. Turn, turn, turn. To everything there is a season. Turn, turn, turn. And they turned to Jesus Christ. Even I was saved during the Jesus People movement of the early 70s. Now I was never a hippie, far from it. But even though I had been raised in a Christian home and had been taken to church from earliest memories... And even though I would have told you that I believed in Jesus Christ and believed in God, I was lost in sin. I read a book that my mother had around her house, our house, and the title of it was Peace with God. Hey, who doesn't want peace, right? So for no explainable reason as a 16-year-old, I picked up that Billy Graham book, because I respected him, and I read that book. And in that book about, the, about Romans, some of what I read to you right here, 
I was brought under conviction of sin. My sin, not yours. I was guilty before God. And I placed my full faith and trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. And that was right there at the height of the Jesus people movement. It's interesting how God works, is it not? But I think we're at a point in our country where there has to be confession and forgiveness. Because as we've seen from God's Word, I don't care if you're black, you should not be pointing your finger at white people. If you're white, you shouldn't be pointing your finger at black people. If you're Democrat or Republican, this isn't getting us anywhere. If you're rich and poor, I don't care how you shake it out or divide us up, we're all too busy pointing our fingers at somebody else's sin. And we are sinners. Everybody is guilty before God. For all has sinned and come short of the glory of God. Can I get a witness? Amen. We've been divided up into groups and uh, schisms and isms that are at each other's throat. And I only see one solution, Jesus Christ. If If Americans do not bow the knee to King Jesus, we're heading places we don't need to go. Like Barry McGuire in the 60s sang about Eve of Destruction. You ought to Google that song and listen to it. It's very convicting. It's actually sad today in the 2020 era that popular music, other than screaming about abuses and all kinds of problems like that without any solutions, or just being completely given over to seeking pleasure. It's sad that music today is not like the music of the 60s and 70s that really made you think about life and how we treated each other, about truth and righteousness, and about real justice based in the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm telling you today, if, if we keep being divided into groups, and I don't care which group you're in, if, if we keep allowing ourselves to be divided into groups, we are going to destroy ourselves. There will be no winners at the end of this. And everybody is guilty. You are and I am. So it's time to receive Christ as Savior and Lord. And listen, some of you name Him as your Savior and Lord, but how you act is disgraceful. And you should repent. And you should line your life up with what Jesus Christ would say your life should be like. There needs to be in America massive confession and forgiveness. And I want to camp on that just a minute. If someone offends me, and and there was no reason for them to do it, sometimes I deserve it. 
But if somebody is is attacking me or harming me for no good reason, I've got a choice. I can lash out and try to destroy them, or I can acknowledge, yep, I think I was just attacked. And I can, I don't have to deny that. I can say, man, you know, when I just got hit in the face, it hurt. But then I have a choice, and so do you. And that choice is forgiveness. It's always the bigger person who can forgive. That does not excuse what someone else did. They are wrong when they're wrong. But you know what? I am not the chief enforcer of justice in this world, and I'm guessing you're not either. So we need a whole lot of conviction of our own sin, repentance that's turning around and going in a new direction with Jesus. We need confession, aware, not where I'm going to tell you where you've messed up. We need confession of where each of us say, I've messed up. This is how I've messed up. I have sinned. And we need forgiveness when others sin against us. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you're not a Christian walking every day with Jesus, this will be impossible. Because when you're not a Christian and someone offends you and maybe even truly egregiously harms you, you want to get even. You want revenge, baby, and you can taste it. And I'm telling you, listen to me, zero in, listen right here. If you let rage and bitterness ferment in your soul and spirit, it will destroy you. It will. In the movie Sniper, the patriotic FBI agent asked Jim Bob, I can't remember his last name, but the the sniper, they had a recording which would prove everything they were saying about a conspiracy. And he, and he, uh, the, so sniper starts putting lighter fluid on it, you know, to burn it. And the FBI says, Hey, what are you doing? That's our evidence. That's our proof. And the sniper, Jim Bob, he looks back at the agent and says, This is radioactive. We can't keep it. And that's why he burned it. And I'm telling you, you need to be confessing you're wrong maybe even to others, maybe even other groups, but that's between you and God, and you need to be forgiving people who really do actually sin against you. That's what it's for. You don't have to forgive people who haven't done anything to you, right? So confession and forgiveness is incumbent on all Americans And if there are infiltrators, which I believe there are, and agitators and instigators with their own agenda that is not this agenda, they need to be outed and they need to be dealt with. But you need to be a person who acknowledges you're wrong and you need to be forgiving when you are wronged. 
And that can only be done with the help of Jesus Christ. He is the one solution for two Americas. But, 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 Pastor Ed, I thought there would be other solutions. I don't have one. And I'm going to tell you what, nobody else does either. There's no other solution. Only Jesus Christ can bring two warring enemies together in peace. That's what we need. He is who we need. Let me read to you in Romans 6, 23, which is another one of those verses I read in that book, Peace with God. In Romans 6, 23, this is what God says. If you're thinking about keeping on going in the direction you're going personally, or to take our nation farther down the wrong road, listen to this. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. That is certainly a choice. We can go that way, but it leads to death. The rest of the verse, though, says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You're at the point where you need to bow your heart, your head, and your life to Jesus Christ as the only one solution for two Americas. You need, my friend, to be saved. It goes further in the book of Romans, which is also... Uh, which are also some of the verses that I read in that book. In Romans 10, verses 8 through 13, we read this. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him uh, in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So, these are very important things that we've read there. Now, I read that, and actually did it accidentally, but this is truly beautiful. I read the last part first. So God is saying, just boiling it all down, how can people believe in Christ if they haven't heard? Well, guess what? You're hearing right now. And in America, you are either part of the problem or part of the solution. So let me tell you how you come to Christ. This is what I thought I was going to read first, but I think that was of God. So we see that 
that you have to hear about this, well, you have no excuse now because you just heard. And I'm about to tell you how to bow your head, heart, and life to Jesus Christ. In Romans 10, in verse 8, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, the Jewish people and the non-Jewish people, the Greeks, the Gentiles, hated each other. But when the Jewish man and the Gentile man both came to faith in Christ, they were able to live together in Christ in peace. Jesus Christ, my friends, is the only one solution for two Americas. I hope today that you're at the point, if you are not a Christian you realize that you are guilty and you need Christ and you need to become one. And you'll ask Jesus Christ to save you today. Some of you will need help with this. You will have questions. And many of you who are asking Christ today to be your Savior and Lord need help in beginning to grow in your new Christian life. Write this phone number down. I'm going to say it twice, 888-537-8720, 888-537-8720. Call that number Monday through Fridays during normal business hours, Eastern Time in America, and someone will either help you place your faith in Christ, or they will help you with information that will allow you to grow in your new Christian faith. These are frightening times, my friend, and there are two rows in front of us. I'm asking you to be a part of the solution and give your life to Christ so that Christ is the one solution for two Americas and you're no longer a part of the problem. You're on part You're on the solution team. That's where I want to see you be. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for your prayers for me. More and more people are listening to this podcast, and it is blowing my mind. Tell people they can find it at www.dredhill.podbean.com. That's D-R, no period after the D-R, D-R-E-D-H-I-L-L dot podbean dot com. That's a platform for hosting podcasts. That's the easiest way to find it. Type it in a search bar, or if somebody wants to make it incredibly difficult, 
go to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio Podcast, and so on. Thank you for listening. God bless you, and I look forward to speaking with you again on our next podcast, and God bless America.